Oh, the words that we see and the words that we hear <laughs> in the home mm. and the worship that happens in the home. Uh, there's something profound about the word. Obviously, as believers, we know the quintessential verse in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The mm. word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Mm. The word, not just being something that's spoken, but the word of God being the very decree of God enacted into creation. Mm -hmm. Uh, as he spoke creation into existence, it is what? How do I say? It's like it's like him injecting mm -hmm. his very decree into space and time. Mm -hmm. When he says, "Let there be light," the word. Let there be, you know, the waters. Let there be land. Let there be living, breathing creatures. Let man. He is speaking his decree into space and time through the word. And then, in a similar way, the Father sent his Son the word incarnate Christ mm. into humanity, into the story of his, to complete the, the law, to satisfy the decree of the word. I just marvel at words and how <laughs> our God, the living God of the universe has chosen to reveal himself in the written word of scripture, but mm. also in the incarnate word of Christ. And yet we use our words in our home so flippantly. Mm. And that we are being being people that are created in God's image, who are called in a in a sense to use our words in the same way that God uses His words. Mm. That words bring, can bring life, words can bring death. We mm. see that in Proverbs. And so, the point of today's discussion is <laughs> words and worship in the home, and how as parents we can be hyper aware of how we leverage the power of our words and use the power of our words to bring life uh, into the, the lives of our children, the lives of one another, but also in the lives of anyone he brings into our space. So that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> And done. Just kidding. We're just getting started. That's just the, that's just the intro. So we'll see you. On the other side. This is Fierce Parenting. Where we believe that kids are a blessing. Family is God's idea. And everything about parenting is discipleship. So leave the blame, shame, could-haves, and should-haves at the door and join us for gospel-centered conversations. Welcome to Fierce Parenting. So truth be told, I kind of write the rundowns and the content <laughs> and Ryan jumps in. <laughs> That's, uh, so he basically did the whole thing. thing. No, I was just going to joke about how you went and dove into everything in like the first three minutes of the episode, which is good because we keep these episodes short, but not that short. <laughs> I'm just, all I'm doing is, is wetting their whistles. <laughs> <laughs> I've, wet, I've wetted your whistle, listener, oh, so man. that you might uh, glean more from this yes. wonderful rundown that Selena has written, <laughs> and only she could write. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness! So, if you speaking want of words, to be, speaking of words, mine are almost done. Just there you go. And also speaking of words, if you could write some words <laughs> in the form of a rating and a review, <laughs> we would really appreciate that. <laughs> I like your segues. <laughs> uh, I'm working on some segues. Uh, ratings and reviews, they are awesome. They help us know and hear what you're actually thinking and getting from mm -hmm. the Fierce Parenting Ministry. So please do take time to do that. Yeah. If you would like to partner with us as we say these words, <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> fierceparenting.com slash partner. And uh, there are options there. Mainly, you, it's you, just if you want to be on mission. So yeah. you type in the words. Fierce yeah, type in these words. <laughs> fierceparenting.com slash 
partner. Uh, be sure to share this as it is just getting started. We're excited to be here on mission to point parents to Christ, to encourage them in the gospel, to remind ourselves that mm. our children are a blessing, that we can... <laughs> family's God's idea. Family's God's <laughs> idea, and that all of parenting is discipleship. Is. I love those three tenets. Obviously, I love the one and the three better than the two because I couldn't remember it. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, we're just getting started. We're excited. Uh, I'm thankful to say that I think uh, every episode is getting over a thousand different listeners wow. listening to it, which for a new podcast in today's podcasting world, which if you haven't if you haven't looked recently, there's tons more podcasts yeah. than there were when we started Fierce Marriage. And so kind of the question was, can we add any value to this space? And if so, is it worth the time? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think it is. We I, think, I, it, I think is. it is. You tell us. No. You tell us. Give a rating and review. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in a series talking about the home and on the fierce marriage side you sh- could go back and take a listen to some of those uh episodes but we've talked about kind of the missional piece and um how we can be taking in those moments uh, those in-between moments mm-hmm. of are we what are we what are we missing and glossing over is there space in our day and our time that we're not that we're missing and not connecting with our kids because we're just not identifying those opportunities mm-hmm. so how can we, we be more vigilant in that uh, and then this last week we talked about um, how kids can participate in the mission of your home and the purpose of your home knowing yeah. what it is how you're articulating it and then how you can live it out um, and this one I almost feel like it should have probably been the first but I think we're going to take those two pieces of seeing those missional moments and spaces in the home in the home having that purpose vision for your home and then taking a step back from those two and saying what is the root what is the foundation of why we do these things so as we're talking about our words and our worship is kind of our our theme for today where we're hanging our hat so our words what what words are our kids seeing around our home like Mm -hmm. tangibly on signs on reading scripture in books what words are being heard as us parents to them, yeah. uh, from them to us, <laughs> what words are being shared? Uh, we talked a lot about Deuteronomy 6, and we'll probably pull it up and read it. We I think we've read it almost every episode, but you know what? Repetition is good. So um, talking about wor- words yeah. and how we share them and how they're shared in our home while and why they matter. While you're pulling that up, because I, I do want to read that passage again, but I want to get us thinking in certain terms. Remember what I talked about in the intro? Sorry, I was probably more long-winded than I should have been. <laughs> gave, gave the farm away on that it's intro. All right. It's all right. <laughs> um, but remember, God spoke things into existence, mm-hmm. right? So his domain, he's beyond space and time. He, he is outside of our very reality, our mm-hmm. very dimension. And that's, we can get into some depth, deep kind of physics. And all. Point is, as God is outside of it, he spoke into mm. existence these things. Okay, so take that idea. I do want to say this. We're not talking about, hey, you can just say it, name it, and claim it. Like, that's not scriptural. Like, it's not, that's not how that works. You don't just say. <laughs> that speak, doesn't work. <laughs> we don't speak things into existence the uh-huh. way God does. That's a dangerous kind of new age, slippery slope that many believers, unfortunately, go down. Mm-hmm. However, our words do carry with them value and power in the mm-hmm. sense that uh, I can speak life or I can speak death. But Proverbs says that the power of life and death are in the tongue, mm-hmm. right? But that's not the power to create life. That's not the power to create new existence, okay? Mm. So that's kind of the caveat. But now that's on one end. On the other end, 
when you're in your home, again, we're talking about the home, in in a similar way to God, and I want to be really careful with this because I don't mean to make too close of a parallel, but we almost have, um, we have been given dominion, I'll say it this way. We've been given dominion over our specific sphere of influence, namely the home, mm-hmm. relationships and whatnot, and the words that we speak mm-hmm. into this, that space carry immense value. They can bring life or they can bring death. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I, so think about that as you as we read this passage again in Deuteronomy 6. Mm. Because what could your words, what role do our words and our worship play in living out this passage the way it was meant to be lived mm-hmm. out? Do you want to read that? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you shall love. So Deuteronomy six, verse five, uh, we'll start in verse four Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You mm. shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they mm. shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I kind of feel like the horse's patoot. Why? (laughs) (laughs) It says it all. It says, and these words, these words that I command you today. Mm. Literally the whole passage is about about words. Yes. Namely the commands of the Lord. Yes. And so, yes, those are the capital T, the words. The words. Yes. The words. Um, But our words, lowercase t, are the ones that we used to reinforce and actually, um, bring the word of God's command, the word of incarnate Christ himself into the lives and in, into the daily moments of our lives. And I want to, I want to, I want to, um, also bring into the picture, the 10 commandments. Cause we are talking about that in our community, uh, the 10 commandments here in the actual words that they are. And then the 10 commandments and what they, how they order our worship and instruct us in worship. But, uh, hmm. the fact that God, you know, used words and not just pictures to, illustrate his commands for us as Mm. as believers so he uses words to create he uses words to instruct and he uses words um well i guess that covers it all (laughs) most of it uh to bring life to bring life to to redeem and and, And to redeem yeah. yeah so it's by his words i mean you said it in genesis 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth how did he create? He spoke it into existence. You said he uses his words yeah. for special rev- revelation. His words represent his will. Um, we see that with Christ. So how are we using our words, parents, mm-hmm. uh, to disciple our children? And I kind of want to, I think, com- I don't know if this is, uh, the words they hear, comparing and contrasting um, when we respond to conflict, for example, right? Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to teach them in that conflict, we, teaching usually happens in that moment of conflict. Uh, where I wanted the two things I want to talk about is teaching and training. Um, training, kind of, if you think about the idea of training, it's happening mm. outside of the game, the battle, right? You're training, you're honing in on your skills. The teaching is actually sometimes happens right in that moment and in the battle. Um, I think it can be argued, of course, you can teach outside of the actual game time, right, or the conflict. But I think we learn the most when we're in the midst of the conflict least for me. So when does this happen? It usually happens in the middle of the conflict. And are we as the parents taking that moment to use our words and to explain hmm. and to use 
biblical language and familiarize them with the spiritual truths of God? Are we being repetitive with our language? Are we just like snapping off and popping off and like, hey, don't do that. Or, hey, stop, you know, aggravating your sister. Yes, we use those words, but do they come from a deeper well of, Mm. hey, you know what, Della, we've talked about this. Again, there's no good time to discipline. It always happens in the most inopportune times, it feels like. But when those moments and opportunities arise, are how are we responding to them? How are we yeah. teaching them? Are we uh, using words like generosity and selflessness? And uh, are we using the conflict as an opportunity to show them Christ and to model that? So what I hear you saying is that as parents, we need to be acutely aware of the fact that words have meaning. Mm. And we need to reinforce that meaning both by saying the words, mm-hmm. but also uh, reinforcing the, the what the words that, yeah. are communicating. Yeah. Uh, this there's a quote that I wanted to share. This comes out of a um, a book called God's Word Alone. It's it's the authority of Scripture. Uh, it's by Matthew Barrett. It's Sola Scriptura. I love this book. This book was one of those books for me that w- was a mile marker in my journey mm. as a believer. You know how you look back over your life yeah. and you think, oh, that book, like screw tape letters changed me. Like mere Christ- for many, mere Christianity changed yeah. me. Personally, I didn't find mere Christianity super elucidating. I found it hard to read, to be honest. <laughs> That's just, people are going to hate me for that. Um, but this book, Sola Scriptura, God's Word Alone by Matthew Barrett, he quoted another guy in there, Carl Henry. He said this, now think about this in our postmodern context, yeah. that anything can mean everything and therefore nothing means anything. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Anything can mean anything. If you say you're this, you're that. Like no one can argue with you because that's our postmodern world. But this does not, Mm -mm. this is the opposite of that. So think about this. No fact of contemporary Western life is more evident than its growing distrust of final truth and its implacable questioning of any sure word. Hmm. In other words, like you've, you've all seen it unfold over the last year and a half, kind of this quote unquote woke mob Two plus two no longer equals four. Just nonsense. Like, truly nonsense. And anyone anyone who's seriously in that academic will will call it nonsense. But people find a way to call nonsense legitimate. Offenses or something. Yeah. yeah. And the two plus two thing uh, is ridiculous. But the point is, <laughs> um, God God is saying, like, so in his, in his word, he has given us they're packets of information, packets of his decree, like we talked about, and they carry mm. forward the things that he, his will for humanity. He's given us his law. How? Written down mm-hmm. on tablets. Yeah. He's given us scripture. How? Written down in the codex or the scroll and compiled by mm. faithful believers into what we now call the Bible, which is a collection of many written down mm-hmm. accounts of God's people, of his work, of prophecy, of Christ, of letters. Of the this is God, that's how God has chosen to convey his truth to us. Mm-hmm. But we live in a culture where words can mean anything. <laughs> and they, they, it doesn't matter. And this is postmodernism to a T. It doesn't matter what the author of the word meant. What matters is how I interpret that word. Mm. That's postmodernism. I don't care what he meant. All I care about is how it affects me. Well, and how, do we, how are we training our kids to see these things for what they are? Because I think... When it was starting to surface, at least in our part of the country, I think I even kind of fell into a little like, oh, yeah, these things kind of matter. You know, we I don't want to get too far down the road of that. But 
we we had to re we grappled with it early we grappled with it early and then we had to we we went to scripture and we were were reminded of the truths of scripture and so teaching our kids that is that is something that we need to be trained in as parents it's very disorienting it is we don't have our wits about us because it's 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 surrounded by like all this all this fake virtue Mm. and shame and uh They'll, they'll shame you into basically taking in like these really toxic ideas. We don't want to go down that rabbit hole. The point is words don't carry meaning nowadays. And what we see the opposite in scripture, they do right. carry meaning. Right. They should carry meaning. And in, in our households, they should carry very clear meaning. Now this right. has implications for how we teach, train, instruct, correct mm-hmm. our children. And the question is, do we say what we mean to say? And do we mean what we're actually saying? Right. And if that, if we can say that we, say what we mean and we mean what we say then we can uh, then we can in good conscience in love correct around those those boundaries that we're setting in place i want to i want to make one more point and then we'll carry on with the outline i'm sorry you're fine no um we so there's this quote in this book that matthew barrett wrote again it says it's a different quote it says we do not find god god finds us and makes himself known to us god is the speaker we are the listeners again that's talking about god's decree uh, this is a very reformed book, so it's. it's I was like, you're speaking with, with a, there's a lot of it's things. Loaded there. with some reformed doctrines things. that might ruffle some feathers. I'm okay with that. The point is, it's humbling <laughs> for us as people to sit to sit underneath the decree and the the authority of Scripture, and to sit underneath this idea. This is not. A, I'm not saying Scripture, but just under the idea that truth is absolute. Mm. To sit under the idea that meanings are finite that meanings aren't just anything and everything but definitions have limits words have meaning and that is and in some cases most cases those are absolute and that's mm-hmm. a humbling place to be so when we can read a thing like that to me that's reminiscent of this idea that god is the speaker we are the listener that mm. we got god finds us and makes himself known to us we do not find god in other words i don't define the truth i don't define the words God has revealed the truth to me. Mm-hmm. He has revealed his decree to me. And now it is not my job to then dissect it, deconstruct it, figure it out, redefine it. My job is to just live underneath it and live mm-hmm. it out as if it's true because <laughs> yes. of, yeah. and I'll put my bow on with this, <laughs> because of the incarnate word that is Christ. That he has fulfilled this law and given us the Holy Spirit, the way through which we can actually live out the true things of God for our good and his glory. So that was my last little soapbox <laughs> that we're talking it's about. It's okay. No, I... These are the things, this is the world that we're living in and we can't ignore it. And yeah. as parents, we need to be uh, yes. on our game when it comes to teaching our kids, modeling for our kids, um, teaching them the b- biblical truth, but also teaching them that there are people that don't believe truth. They don't They don't let it bear weight on their lives and they might not even like you because you mm. believe truth. Um, yeah, how dare you? So how do we, you know, we, we're going <laughs> to yeah. do some episodes, I think, on how we can equip our children for these things, but... Just by teaching them and familiarizing them with the very words of God is powerful. Uh, bringing mm. them in and the whole discipleship, right? Parent, all of parenting is discipleship. The I do, we do, you do kind of model of prayer, of scripture mm. reading, of gathering with the, the local, the body of Christ. These are things that mm. we are teaching and modeling and training them in because ideally, like, I want our kids to go out in confidence in their faith. Uh, I want their identity in Christ to be something they're more concerned with than what others mm. think of them. Wow. And these are the things, these are the ways that God has 
the paths forward for us as parents to to give to our children. I mean, in Deuteronomy, like we read, he says, put on the signpost, talk about it when you rise, when you're on the road, all those in-between moments. These are where this, these ideas of home and, and talking about the things of God came from is this passage. So words that are heard through teaching and training, words that are seen, um, Deuteronomy talked about that, like in our home. Hmm. How are the truths of God being seen visibly, like around your home? And consider the ages and stages kind of of your children. But, you know, in our home, uh, a friend gave us a cute, a cute little monthly sign that sit their cards with stick figures that are really cute. And it has Bible verses on it, one for each month. And it's in their bathroom. So when they're brushing their teeth, they're just looking and reading that. I read it whenever I go in there, right? Um, there's all kinds of uh, mini cards to like learn memory verses to learn the attributes attributes of god to learn the names of god uh just uh, having our bibles in the same place for our little kids has been super helpful like they always know where the bibles are they always know that our hymnals our bibles Hmm. all of our things are right here where they can reach it where they can go to it all the time dad gets it if he asks for it i know right where to go there's something to be said for that Uh, and i heard Hmm. of another family that also with their older kids they would have kind of a, a bible basket so they would have their bibles in a basket and every every day to show that they had read their Bible, they would take it, read it, and then they would put it on the shelf. Hmm. And then the next day it would start over again. And so it's kind of this this symbol, this way of, of discussing God's word and seeing it and having it within your home. Maybe you want to talk about kind of the family vision, family mission uh, yeah. that our friends do that we, we really like also. So I, I'll do that. I want to um, yeah. piggyback off of you because I, I think, don't mind if I One do. Up. One up. No, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Piggyback is what I said. Okay. So please don't change my words. Words, <laughs> words have, have meaning. meaning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, think about this. There's another quote in this book. It says, apart from God's written revelation, we have no access to Christ. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. Apart from God's written revelation, we have no access to Christ. Now, what's the alternative? Well, we would have maybe the oral tradition where somebody would pass down to us the stories of Christ and the right. stories of God's people. We might have that. Then that's very alive and well, or it was alive and well in, in Jewish tradition mm-hmm. in ages past. But aside from God's written revelation, we don't have access to Christ. Now take that truth. That's a big, heavy thing to consider. Now think about that in terms of your home. Our children have no access to God's saving revelation aside from the wit- written words of God. They have no access to Christ. Mm-hmm aside from God's written word. Now, if we're never putting the written word mm. in front of our children, it, you know, ourselves we, even, or in front of ourselves or, and I'm, you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, put a Bible verse somewhere in the house. Um, it's another to actually internalize that I agree. to make it part of the DNA of your mm-hmm. home. It's one thing to write, eat, pray, love on your wall. <laughs> or, or, I'm sorry. I don't mean to subtext anyone or live, laugh, love. <laughs> Are you more of an eat, and pray, love? And yet you're going to do that again. I'm more of an eat, I'm a more of an eat, pray, laugh, live, and love kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my thing. Anyway, but if we're never putting those words in front of our children's eyes and helping them, again, yeah. I do, we do, you do. Here's how you read scripture. Here's what it says. Here's how you read it for yourself. Let me read it with you. If that's not part of us, part of our household, we are not, hear this, please. We are not giving our children access to the living mm savior Mm -hmm. christ and so uh, that's maybe a heavy thing to consider i think it just helps me think 
very clearly and soberly about the words and the worship that occupy our home. Yeah. And how we as parents are either hindering or facilitating that. Um, okay, so with that in mind, you said talk about family worship. Now, we've talked well, about this a lot yeah, in the past. And, talk about family vision. Mm-hmm. Well, and just having it uh, where we can actually see it. So it's more gotcha. of just a tangible sure. of okay. we have friends that have it on their wall. This is they have the five, the sola scriptura things written out. And that is just a part of what they see every day. It's the a part solas, of solas. Yeah. Solas, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. That they see. And so. I think, you know, as believers, we need to have those things in front of us as reminders, not the meat of how we live our yes. our, our Christian lives. Um, well, they're a lot like creeds and confessions. So right. people get bent out of shape on creeds and confessions because they think, well, I just, the Bible is all I need. And absolutely, the Bible is all you need. However, creeds and confessions are pretty awesome for summarizing <laughs> yes. what the Bible says and reminding our hearts quickly yes. all of the truths of the Bible. And so like the five solas is yeah. almost like a confessional thing to say. Like God's word alone, through Christ alone, through mm-hmm. faith alone. It's very grace orienting, alone. yes. Yeah, like that. that's very orienting, yes. yes. Uh, and so they also, they have in the same, so these friends are very unique. Um, and you know who you are if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, they have their family vision, kind of their family crest that they got designed. Yeah. That has these five leaves that represent the five solas. Then they have their uh, their core values written out. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like eight or nine of them. And I talked to this good friend of, of ours, these good friends. And I said, you got too many. You need to have like four or five of those things. Because no family really has. You can distill I that down. I would have like ten probably. <laughs> we have five core values. We we don't have ours on the wall, but we do have our mission statement, which is very, uh, I think, broad. But I love it. It's yeah. to know God and to make him known. Perfect. And so the girls, every time they walk, they walk past our front door, they see that to know God. Well, they probably don't look because it's still up it's so high. high. Yeah, we got to read <laughs> to know God and to make him know. Anyway, good point. <laughs> those words occupy our space mm-hmm. because that is what occupies our lives. They so. serve as reminders. Yep. So engaging with all of these words in scripture, reading them together, seeing them on our walls, hopefully and ideally. And I think what the seed of them of mm-hmm. what they should produce is worship inside of us right right. why is worship so important in our homes there's two questions why is worship in in our home and with our kids so important and who or what are we beholding and therefore worshiping so ideally right i want to talk about the ten commandments of how scripture um, bears weight but how the ten commandments in exodus the first Hmm. four commandments are pertaining to the heart of of us and God. So it's that vertical relationship between God and us and how Mm. we are not to worship any other, not to create any graven image, not to worship any other God, not to bow down and to also keep the Sabbath day holy, keep God's day holy. And so that's also an honoring, a worshipful act, a recognition of who he is. Um, and then the other six are providing instruction on how to deal with our horizontal relationships with one another, with family, which is also, I would argue, a way of reflecting what God's doing in our hearts and also an act of worship, right, of, mm. of what he's been doing in us. So this is the Old Testament telling us kind of how to worship. Uh, this ten, ten Commandments still stand today. Um but then in the New Testament, we see that Jesus comes to fulfill all the prophecies uh, to be the word becoming flesh, like we see in First John, um, to pay the debt that we couldn't pay so that we could have the eternal life with God, the oh. eternal life, have eternal life with God, uh, and give him glory and to tell others about him, the Great yeah. Commission. So in other words, worshiping this overflow of worship 
because of who Jesus is, because of who he came uh, to save and to fulfill the prophecies that were in the Old Testament, uh, we are, there's nothing, there's no other response that I feel like we can have but worship and gratefulness. Hmm. And so as parents, you know, I th- sometimes I think we downplay the things of God or we don't engage with them at the same level of interest as we might like sports and hobbies and whatnot. And so what are we beholding, I guess would be the Hmm. question to the parent. What are we beholding and how, how can we identify what we're worshiping? I mean, that in Luke, uh, Jesus says, you'll know a tree by their fruit. And so Hmm. if we're looking at the fruit that is being produced in our children and the fruit that's being produced in us uh, as a family, who is it glorifying and who are we worshiping ultimately? This is one of the reasons James, okay, so in that same line of thinking, a fruit, or you'll know the tree Mm -hmm. by its fruit. James was the one who told us uh, that the tongue is like a Mm. rudder. In other words, the words that come out of our mouths, they not only, they will, they kind of have a steering effect, but in a similar way, (laughs) they are indicative of a deeper truth. James was the one that everybody gets all bent out of shape. I think Luther even ripped <laughs> James out of his Bible because he thought it was counter gospel, <laughs> which I don't know if that's a true or not. Um, but he gets all kinds of flack because people say, you, uh, you, your faith, I'll show you my faith by my works and you show me your faith without works because faith without works is dead. Like mm. that whole thing. And what he's saying is not, you have to do works to get saved he's saying that if you're truly saved like this is really going to come out so our words and what you're saying mm. is they're like the fruit on the branches of our trees and and they're out they're like the fruit mm. on the branches of our little saplings <laughs> it's true they right? too suck all the energy out. <laughs> <laughs> they suck all, and all the you're, thinking of, you're thinking of suckers <sighs> we've learned a lot about pruning trees in the last <laughs> few months and suckers are a thing and yeah they are they are suckers <laughs> They, they sap the energy right out of the tree. <laughs> I don't mean that in the pejorative sense, but the technical, bo- yeah. bo- botanical sense yes. of the word. Um, well, and we can't by our own energy overcome some of those battles that wage within us. Like we can't just do it aside from God. The fruit has to be produced. And so I think that can be so frustrating, but also so liberating as a parent to know mm. that like I can, I can do my best and ask the Lord to produce this fruit. But, but it's a function of, how well are we caring for the mm-hmm. soil mm-hmm. and the roots of our children? And that are we watering and feeding the soil with yeah. healthy, plentiful supplies? Um, and on the marriage side, we talked about this more, so I won't get into it here. But uh, in our own relationship, I, by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, felt this well up inside me, like this need to repent to my wife for mm-hmm. how I had maybe spoken to her carelessly mm. or not in love, even in those frustrating moments, even when my frustration was justified. Mm. I, I just, I don't remember this, but I told you, I want to talk to you kindly all the time, no matter how I'm feeling. Like, <laughs> I want that to be the norm. And it's not that yeah. I was, you know, just verbally abusive or anything yeah. like that, no. but just, I wasn't as loving or as kind as I felt I needed to be. And that had to well up from within me. I couldn't just all of a sudden have the right words. God had to do something in my heart. And in the same way he's doing something in your hearts, mm. parents, he's doing something in the hearts of your children through what he's doing in your hearts and through mm. what he's doing independent of you in the hearts and minds of your kids. And so the question is a question of soul and soil and roots mm. and watering and feeding and fertilizing the soil and, and with the richness of God's truth. Absolutely. So um, 
I don't I don't know how much time we have left, but did we cover everything? We did. We did. Okay. Selena, would he you pray? just wants to make sure we got through my run now. Would you pray for it? <laughs> I'll get in trouble. <laughs> i get in trouble. I think we should just do a quick recap of, okay. of words and worship. So words matter. They mm. have meanings. Uh, they can be seen. They can be heard. Definitions can be shared. Yeah. And ultimately and always, uh, they should lead to worship in the home and worship ideally, of course, to God yeah. and Christ uh, for the work that he did on the cross. So with that, I can definitely go ahead and pray. Uh, God, thank you for our children. Mm. Thank you for the blessing that it is to be a parent. And whatever that looks like for the person listening today, I pray that you would just enliven their hearts and orient them to the things of you. May we Mm. understand and not be afraid of conflict, but understand that it is a pathway uh, to closeness and intimacy and maybe... uh, new ways of living uh, out the words that we read in scripture. Maybe find new ways of worshiping you, God, within our home and with our little mm-hmm. ones. Uh, thank you for the blessing. And the <laughs> I, blessing is such a, a light word, but mm-hmm. the blessing of your words to us, God. We are so without hope, without idea of mm-hmm. any saving any salvation we are without uh, and you gave it to us in your word through your son um we are forever grateful um in jesus name amen amen i love this topic i feel like we could talk about the word of god indefinitely ad nauseum we usually do but yes ad you mean the just the words <laughs> the word slash the words yes the word, the words. and and christ the word so mm-hmm. Fierce Parent, we hope this episode has blessed you. Uh, but for now, uh, we're going to move on. We're going to get some lunch. So this episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Parenting Podcast. For more resources, visit fierceparenting.com. And for daily encouragement, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to support this ministry, please leave a rating or a review in your podcast app or visit patreon.com slash fierce parenting to become a monthly partner. We hope this episode has blessed you immensely. Take care.